When was the last time you saw a moth? Was that moth thick? Did it tell you your future? Maybe it will, on the other side of suspicion. Welcome to The Other Side of Suspicion, a podcast where we tell creepy stories and decide whether we believe them, are suspicious of them, or flat out disbelieve them. My name is Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is my lovely wife, Tara Bettis. Hello. Uh, Christy Elizabeth. Hello. Kyle St. James. Hi. And Alex Gilbert. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> We're just never going to get a normal one out of them. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah, so we, we I mean, uh, Tara is my wife, but you're, you're our first guest on the show. <laughs> true, yeah. Yes, I, I am the first guest, and I'm also the intro. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah, spoiler, yeah. She, she, hers is the voice that you've heard before every one of the episodes so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, bringing her from behind the curtain, because you, you really wanted to hear this week's story. No spoilers yet for, I mean, well, they already know. It's Mothman. We're talking about Mothman this week. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as soon as I told her about that, she really wanted to be here for it. So, let's not wait anymore. Let's just get into the story. It's November 12th, 1966, and Kenneth Duncan is digging a grave. His father-in-law recently passed away, and he and four other men are getting his plot ready for his funeral. Digging a grave is a grim thing to begin with, but doing it at night didn't make that fact any better. Still, with the help of the others, it wouldn't take that long, and he could get out of the West Virginia Cemetery and back home. Taking a break, he stood at the edge of the grave, catching his breath. That's when he heard it. Wings. Big wings. Beating against the air. He looked towards the trees, and to his horror, he saw something shoot out of the treetops, gliding through the air on two massive wings. As it rose, it veered, swooping down in his direction. The creature soared towards Kenneth, silently riding the night air. It passed over him and the others, Kenneth's eyes locked on the black shape. Within a few moments, it vanished into the night. Kenneth looked down, and to his amazement, the other men were still digging. He asked if any of them had seen it, but the men didn't know what he was talking about. Kenneth didn't say anything about what he had seen to the other men or anyone else, thinking that he was just going crazy. But soon he would see it in the newspapers and hear about it all over town. Kenneth Duncan had just been the first person in West Virginia to see the Mothman. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, we're doing Mothman this week, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a little terrifying thing to be digging a grave out there and seeing some kind of weird ominous shape shoot out of the trees yeah yeah that's frightening yeah are are, i i know tara is is are are either any of you familiar with mothman do you you know about this uh only what i've seen from the memes (laughs) (laughs) this is my first time hearing about it i've never heard it oh really yeah no i never have i don't even think i've seen a meme of it which is surprising (laughs) yeah Huh. Mothman's kind of uh, become like the the besides Bigfoot is like the cryptid icon. Yeah, is like it's like either it's either Bigfoot, Mothman, or the Loch Ness monster. Which Chupacabra? Oh yeah, Chupacabra's in there too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So uh, the, the, I, I'm very excited to hear what you are gonna think of this. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let, let let's let's go back into it. The next Mothman sighting was just one night later on November 15th. 
Two couples, Linda and Roger Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet, were enjoying a night drive through an area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, locally known as the TNT area. It was called this because during World War II, a munitions factory that was considered top secret was built in the area and employed many people in Point Pleasant. However, it was shut down after the war ended, and they just left everything there, including igloo-like bunkers where they tested explosives, thus the name TNT area. It wasn't uncommon for folks to take drives through that part of town, and on that night, the two couples were speeding around and enjoying their time. That is, until Linda and Mary spotted something in the road ahead. They described it as being about seven feet tall, body the shape of a man, and having two massive wings folded on its back. Linda would later say, quote, you could see muscles in its legs, end quote. But the one thing that all of them remembered seeing more than anything else were its two glowing red eyes. The creature moved as the headlights hit it, seeming not to want to be in the light. Roger took this opportunity and turned onto Route 62 and gunned it. None of them knew what they had just seen, but all of them knew they needed to get away from it. Linda would later be quoted as saying, quote, We didn't know what it was. I don't think we've ever been so scared, end quote. Then, one of them spotted it out the back window. The red eyes were following them. The Mothman flew after them, catching up to the car that the occupants later said was going close to 100 miles an hour. They screamed not only as the Mothman caught up to them, but as its red eyes looked in at them from the side of the car. The couple said they could hear the wings beating against the top of the 57 Chevy as it barreled down the long straightaway. Eventually, they were able to outrun the Mothman, the creature pulling away and disappearing over a field. However, just before this happened, Mary Mallet claimed she heard it make a noise, more than just the wings and the scratching. Quote, it squeaked like a big mouse, end quote. Uh, Roger kept his foot on the pedal until they finally pulled into a parking lot of an insurance agency. The car came to a stop, and they finally started processing what had just happened. So, what would you all have done in that situation? <laughs> what would you be thinking? So, the first thing that I thought, though, is everybody's freaking out. Roger's going crazy. Everybody's like, look at the eyes. But Linda's like, did you see those legs, though? Those things are ripped. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? She was like, Mothman can get it. Like, yeah, who's like, Linda? Yeah, like, what is going on, Linda? Linda, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, her eyes start at the top first. She's scared. Big red eyes, giant wings, feathers all over his chest. Then it comes down just like, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> He's thick. Damn, Mothman. <laughs> what time period did you say this was in? Like, what year? Uh, so this is uh, in the, the 60s. 1966, to be exact. You know... Psychedelics were pretty big during that time, so I'm just saying that maybe, <laughs> you know, they all could have, you know, it was probably a deer. Maybe it just, like, looked like something else. <laughs> but, um, no, that's pretty nuts. Like, they were driving at 100 miles an hour and the thing was still catching up? Like, that thing is fast. Like, how is it possible? So, yeah, no, sorry. At that point, like, driving 100 miles an hour, I'd go, okay, cool. We're stopping. Let that thing get ahead of us. And yeah. gonna go in a different way. Uh, oh, damn, that's smart. <laughs> like, I, uh, it's weird. Um, but I love, I love this story. I love the one before it, too, about the man in the digging a grave. Like, the mm -hmm. second I heard that no one else saw that thing, I'd be like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Y'all got this. I'm out. GTFO. I'm uh, I'm gonna take off. Uh, I'll read the newspapers tomorrow. See if y'all are in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna take off. Hope y'all don't get murdered out here. 
yeah. it must be really reassuring to have friends who see the same thing as you. Because if you're the only one who sees it, it's kind of like, oh, no, am I the crazy one? But if everyone else saw it, it's like, oh, no, I'm definitely not. So how many That's, people yeah. were in that car? Uh, uh, there were four people, two couples. That's a lot of people to see something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and and they're sure it wasn't just like a car that passed them. <laughs> Another car I mean, at them. Just, they're like, on psychedelics and and the the headlights for it yeah, are red just and they two just red eyes that, just you know it looks like it's catching up to them but like really they're just like yeah really it was just a car driving after them it's like excuse me your headlight was out we just want to let you know <laughs> and they're all screaming. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these people in the car are just losing their mind as this nice old lady's like, your headlight is out. <laughs> <laughs> She's just trying to get around them. Oh. That, that was kind of what I was thinking, though. When Christy mentioned that, you know, it was the 60s, it could have been drugs. I mean, I've been stoned in a car before. And <laughs> I thought we were, like, flying, and we were going, like, 30 miles an hour. So 100 miles an hour could have been, like, so 40 or 50. I, I, and maybe it was like a 60 mile an hour road and the person behind him was just honking and like just trying to get around him. Well, that's the thing, so. right? Like, think about uh, 60s cars. How many of them could get up to 100 miles an hour? That could fit okay. more. I actually do want to say something about that. Every time I've heard this story and they've been like, oh yeah, we got up to 100 miles an hour. Now, granted, I have seen video of this road they were on. It was very straight. I'm just like... Is your car really getting up to 100 miles an hour? Maybe yeah, it's like, like the stories that it's like someone like caught a fish and the fish gets bigger every year. It's like when someone tells uh, a story, their car goes faster every year. Because like my Scion could barely hit 100. Right? <laughs> and I tried when I went to Arizona. <laughs> we, we got the pansy cars. We, we don't got them good old 57 Chevys. Yeah. yeah. You know, the freaking pickup truck. But also. Two people in the back going 100. <laughs> Another question. Didn't you, what did you say they were driving by? You said something like, like what was the area? So the, the area was the, is called the TNT area. This is where that munitions factory used to be. And it's just kind of this area of land where it, it was, a, there's a huge abandoned factory in. And we'll actually get into a little bit more about that factory coming up. I was going to say, um, what if this is like a radioactive kind of situation? Like, like a radioactive I'm gonna be man? I'm going to be real. It amazes me how many times in this show you guys have guessed something I'm going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We're ahead it's of the like, game. It's like Spider-Man gone wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's let's see what else we got here. That sounds logical, Trevor writes in the past, not knowing what his co-host actually said. Linda Scarberry thought that they should call the police and file a report. Roger and Steve shook their heads, saying that they'd be laughed out of the station. Hell, at this point, they themselves may not have believed what they had actually seen. And that's when they wanted to go back. They needed to know for sure that what they had seen was real, and there was only one way to do that. They started back down the road, this time at a reasonable speed, as they got closer and closer to the TNT area once again, fear started to work its way through them. One by one, they became uneasy and full of dread. Finally, one of them voiced their concern and it was decided that they couldn't do this and that they needed to turn back. As the gravel crunched beneath the turning tires, something on the road lit up in the headlights. Roger stopped the car. It was laying on the road and looked to be a large, dead dog. But seeing a dead animal wasn't what made Roger stop. It was the fact that it was laying on part of the road that they had just driven down where there had been no dead dog before. Slowly, Roger took his foot off the brake, easing the car down the road. They passed the corpse at a snail's pace, almost as if not to disturb it. 
Something shot out of the darkness beyond the dog. The Mothman scraped the top of the 57 Chevy, its high-pitched call echoing into the night as it bound into the opposing field. Roger slammed his foot on the pedal and they sped off again towards town. They stopped in the first parking lot they found and got to a payphone. They called the sheriff and a deputy arrived soon after to take the report. Unsurprisingly, he didn't believe them. They kept talking about eyes that, quote, glowed red, end quote. And it was a, quote, flying man with 10-foot wings, end quote. The deputy wanted to check it out for himself, so for the third time that night, the couples drove back into the TNT area. This trip was mainly uneventful. The couples in their car said that they saw shadows moving around them and the deputy, but at that point in the night, no one could really blame them for that. The deputy shined his spotlight all over the forest but didn't see anything. However, he did report that there was a strange static sound that came from his radio several times while searching. After returning to Point Pleasant, the mallets were too afraid to go home, so they stayed with the Scarberries. No one slept that night. They turned on all the lights and waited for morning. So, have you guys, I, I, like, we don't have to go into detail, but have you guys ever had some kind of supernatural experience that has, has given you that kind of reaction where you just, I can't be alone, I gotta turn on all the lights, I'm, I can't sleep? Oh, yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Alex? I mean... Alex just laughs. I, he just laughs. He's just in the back. <laughs> Takes a long drag. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> the ghosts I, I've seen. The things I've seen. Um, yeah, I would say that's happened to me, though. Definitely. Especially when I was... One of the houses particularly was my great-grandma's house. It was like this old one built in 1910. And every time the wind blew, the entire house would just rattle and shake. That's terrifying. And doors, doors would, like, just start swinging open and things like that. And it was just... Yeah, it was... It was... Yeah. So, there's definitely times in that house that I did stuff like that. Yeah, that... that uh, my My... My thoughts went back to times that I've had like that and just reading that with the, the, the couples, like just staying in one place, turning on the lights, not going to sleep. That's kind of really for me, the one part of the story that actually made it sound more plausible where they, they even said like, yeah, no, we, we did not sleep. We didn't feel safe. We, we turned on all the lights. There was no darkness for this Mothman to be in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sightings of the Mothman were reported all over Point Pleasant in the coming days. The newspapers quickly picked it up, and eventually the creature was given its now iconic name. The name was apparently a play on Batman, which was popular at the time thanks to the recent TV show starring Adam West. A few days after that, the story went national, and newspapers all over America were talking about the Mothman terrorizing the West Virginia town. Stories came from all sorts of people. One story came from two firemen who saw a, quote, large bird with red eyes, end quote. Soon after that, Marcella Bennett's family was terrorized when they visited another family in the TNT area. She claimed the Mothman landed right in front of her and her daughter. She could see gray feathers covering its legs and wings. It chased her into the home where it attempted to get to them for the next 15 minutes. She claimed it even walked up onto the patio and looked in through the windows of the house. It took off just before the police and several townspeople arrived. Another story came from a contractor living outside of town. He told the sheriff he aimed a flashlight at something standing in the field and saw red eyes that shined, quote, like bicycle reflectors, end quote. He went on to blame the creature for a buzzing sound coming from his TV and for his missing German Shepherd. The next person to see the Mothman was Connie Carpenter. 
She was 18 years old and driving home on Route 62, the same road the couples had been on a few weeks before. She passed Mason County Golf Course when something caught her eye on the other side of the chain link fence. She described it as a large gray man standing on the course, looking at her as she drove by. Suddenly, ten-foot wings spread out from the man and he took off into the air. Like Kenneth in the cemetery, the Mothman sailed down through the air right towards Connie's car. She would later say, quote, Those eyes, they were so very red, and once they were fixed on me, I couldn't take my own eyes off of them. End quote. <laughs> At the last moment, Mothman swerved, missing Connie's car and vanishing from sight. Connie raced home and locked herself in her bedroom. Over the course of the year, more than a hundred sightings of the Mothman were reported in Point Pleasant, but on December 15, 1967, that came to an end. On that cold winter day, the Silver Bridge, which connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia and Galapagos, Ohio, was packed full of cars. The bridge had been constructed in 1928, when cars barely weighed more than 1,500 pounds. The architects would never have assumed that a world would exist where everyone had a car, let alone ones that weighed the upwards of 3,000 pounds each. An eye bar at the top of the bridge snapped and the bridge plunged into the icy Ohio River. 46 people died that day. Sightings of Mothman stopped in Point Pleasant for a long time after this, leading many to believe that either the Mothman had caused it or that he had been a harbinger of the impending doom. This theory has been given more ground over the decades since the Silver Bridge, with reports of Mothman popping up before Chernobyl, during 9-11, and in 2009 before the outbreak of swine flu. Most recently, there were more than 20 sightings of Mothman in Chicago at the end of 2017. Several more were reported between there and Point Pleasant between 2018 and 2019. Now, I, I do want to say this. I, I didn't get a chance to read it all. There, uh, Tara actually showed me this. There was a there was a reported sighting this year of Mothman, apparently at an airport, uh, but I didn't get a chance to look into it. But for me, I'm just kind of like, with, with the year that 2020 is, I feel like he, if he is a harbinger, should have been showing up a lot more in 2019. Yeah, yeah, he should have just, you know, been on the headlines like I'm here. <laughs> it's it's the year. What's up, guys? Um, shit's about to get real. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the the newspapers report Mothman holding a press conference this Sunday. Just gets up to the mic, wings furled in. You're all fucked. Oh my god. I've a I've a. Come here to tell everybody uh, that this is not going to be a good year. Goodbye. <laughs> Press conference sponsored by Goodyear. Uh, I'm sorry. Can we go back, to, by the way, to the sound that apparently Mothman makes? Oh, the one I just made? Yes. Yeah. That's it. No, the, the sounds like a mouse sound. What? Yeah, I think they were high. A big eight foot, <laughs> at least eight foot creature with a 10 foot wingspan with yeah. legs for days. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, like if, the, okay, this isn't going to really make up for the being high thing. But if it was like a made up story, like if they were just playing a prank or whatnot, you would probably go with a more terrifying sound than... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I agree. Also, there does seem to be consistency in all the stories that are told. Everyone's describing him basically the same way. Yeah. And, like, I know that they could probably get it from, like, maybe the newspaper newspaper reporting. I don't know how detailed it went into it. But, like, mm -hmm. it just seems pretty consistent, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I did see a thing uh, about Mothman because when I'm researching these, I just start watching a bunch of videos that I'll never get time back for. But... Um, <laughs> apparently, currently in Point Pleasant, uh, most 
people there don't actually call him Mothman. They just call it the Big Bird. See, that makes more sense. Mm. I that, I was thinking that, too, though. It's like, people keep describing him as having feathers, but they call him Mothman. Uh, and- again, that was back to, like, the whole, like... The, the Batman being a thing, and I guess like the 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 because I I believe either Linda or Mary uh, uh, drew out an image of what they had mm-hmm. seen, and the wings looked kind of like butterfly mothish. Okay, mm. so I think that's where they were pulling that from. Interesting. Like, I don't know if you've ever been walking in the dark, you know, a nice little dark night, and a cat walks by and looks at you, and there's, like, a light glowing from him, you know, from your direction, and you get the two red eyes in the distance. Like, I could see that being, you know, just a cat or a a bird, like a, you know, Mm. a big... I mean, but what bird or cat is, like, six foot, seven foot tall or whatever, like, (laughs) or, like, this big thing? It could just be a, you know... And also, when I see a cat's eyes in the distance (laughs) on a dark night, it's usually, like, a yellow, like a... More like a yellow yeah, light. Like I don't think I've ever seen red eyes. Oh, I have. It's frightening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and you said you haven't had a supernatural experience. Well, no, because I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, God, you're going to kill me. And then all of a sudden, like, it starts coming closer to me. And I'm like, oh, no, this is the day I die. I finally called it. And then it comes up. It's like, meow. I'm like, oh, freaking God. It's just this black cat. I'm like, oh. <laughs> the cat is also going, like, 100 miles an hour at the <laughs> Like, maybe they just had a cat in their back window, and so they're driving fast. In the rearview mirror, they just saw the cat, and it was reflecting off his eyes, and so they were red. They're like, oh, good God, the devil's chasing us. And then there was a mouse in the car, and so that's why the cat was there. And, you know, he was moving around, shuffling, looking for the mouse, and the mouse was squeaking. Because there's no way that a eight-foot giant creature with probably a huge, you know, vocal cord is going to make squeaking sounds like that. <laughs> so it's more likely that a mouse in an opposing car in two very loud vehicles barreling down the road was heard through two windshields. Yes, more likely, yes. <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here! threatening said mouse. Um, this is St. James's last episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so before we get into explanations, we need to talk about one more thing. We'll go into this more at the end of the season, but soon after sightings of the Mothman stopped popping up, many people in town were visited by men dressed all in black. Mary here, a reporter for the Athens Messenger in Point Pleasant, and aunt to Connie Carpenter, met several of these men face-to-face. The first experience was in January 1967, when a strange man came into her office at night. He was dressed in black and had dark sunglasses on. He asked for directions to Welsh, West Virginia, and as they spoke, he kept trying to close the distance between them, and he had his eyes fixed on her. Feeling uncomfortable, she brought the circulation manager into the room, and they both spoke to the man. At one point, Mary's phone rang, and she answered it. She said that as she spoke to the person on the phone, the man picked up a ballpoint pen and stared at it. He looked the thing over like he had never seen one before in his life. He then got up and ran out of the office. Mary would see this man again in town dressed in some sort of worker's clothes, and he ran away as soon as he saw her coming towards him. The next man in black followed Connie Carpenter on her way to school. They drove a black Buick, which pulled up next to Connie, and the driver, again dressed all in black, got out. He told Connie to get in the car, and even tried to grab her by the arm. 
Connie got out of there safely and ran back to her house, again locking herself in her room. The next morning, she found a note slipped under her front door. It read, quote, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. End quote. Even Marcella Bennett claimed to have an encounter with an MIB when she said one tried to run her and her daughter off the road. She only got away by driving straight at the MIB's car and making it swerve out of the way. The last sightings were in December 1967, just after the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Mary here was visited by two strange men who asked about UFO sightings in the area. She presented them with a massive file on UFOs reported in the area over the previous year. They looked down at the file, then back at her, and asked if she was ordered to stop reporting on UFOs what she would do. Mary shrugged and said she would just keep doing it. The two men left when she wasn't looking. Later that same day, another strange man came into the office. He said that he was a UFO researcher. Like the men from earlier, he asked what she would do if she was ordered to stop reporting on the UFOs. She responded by asking if he was with the two men from before, which he denied. After a few more questions, she threw him out of the office and told him to have his own look around town. The strange man did just that, reportedly visiting the Scarberries, the Mallets, and even Connie Carpenter. He had a tape recorder with him, which the witnesses claimed he seemed to not know how to use. He made each of them increasingly uncomfortable until finally leaving. The man was never seen or heard from again. So we, like I said, we're going to go into this more at the end of the season, but we've got some men in black activity here now. <laughs> I love Just it. Just a little bit. Yeah, the the one that stands out for me the most is the ballpoint pen thing. Like, that's such a strange thing. And, and apparently yeah. with the, the sightings of Men in Black, not understanding simple things seems to be a pattern with them, which is one of the big connections between uh, these people showing up and uh, what would eventually become this conspiracy theory of the men in black. I don't know. Personally, like, have you ever been so socially awkward that you just don't know what to do? (laughs) (laughs) And so you just grab the first thing? Like, that'd be me. I'd be like, cool, like, I gotta ask you a question still, but you're... Okay, I gotta go. I I like this idea that that this dude, like, is super socially awkward, was trying to get to Wells, Virginia, went in, had an extremely awkward uh, thing happen, and then ran out, was too scared to actually continue, so he stayed in Point Pleasant and was, like, too awkward to move on, so he got a job in town and then saw that woman again, and he's like, oh, no, awkwardness is back, and just took (laughs) off. He was, like, he was, like, a future millennial. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like... I don't know, but in all seriousness, no, the person who tried to grab Connie scares me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that for sure is something like, I, you know something and we can't let you tell people what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's sus. That is very suspect. And at this point, have, has anyone said if the mallets have gone back since that third time that they went in? So I, I, I. I didn't put this part in just because I was trying to cut down time, but we, we, we can definitely talk about this. So actually the Scarberries and the Mallets went back to the TNT area the next day. So after they had the experience at night, after they had stayed up late, you know, with the lights on and everything, they again needed to know what was going on. And I can't really knock them for this. I kind of feel like I'd be in the same place. Um, so yeah. they drove back to the TNT area during the day. Didn't see anything around where they were. And so they actually went and checked out the factory area uh, that's still there. And those igloos that I talked about earlier where they, they tested explosives. Um, I guess they went into one of them. And as they stepped in, there was this big whoosh of air and something shot out the top of it. 
Shut up. Yeah. Oh and and they were cool. like, fuck this noise. We're out. And so and so they left again. <laughs> so like, I, I kind of feel like at that point, Mothman would be like, guys, really? I'm just trying to hang out. Come that's on. That's what I was thinking, though. Like, what if this is all just, he just happens to be in places where all these terrible things are happening. He's getting blamed for them. He's just like this mutant who's like, man, I just like to travel <laughs> and kick it. And people keep blaming me for all this shit. Like the Mothman I, goes on a road trip. Yeah, I mean, well, so so if he got sighted like before Chernobyl, like over there, in Russia, and then he gets sighted for swine flu and like all these other terrible events. He's just on his. He's just going on vacations. Like you know, just, and he's just getting just caught. hanging out in Russia. Like he finally yeah. got his. He's he like, yeah, got his trip for free. Yeah, and he's just like, oh yeah, Russia sounds great. And they're like, hey, is that the Mothman? And like, oh wait. Something's exploding over there, and they're like, "Oh God, it was him." He's Must like, be oh. him, right? Yeah. So maybe I agree just with you, Alex. I feel misunderstood mutant. I agree. I feel so bad for Mothman. Like he's just this <laughs> lonely guy, just trying to mind his own business with his beautiful legs, and <laughs> all these people keep finding him <laughs> and screaming, and he's just like, "I just want to chill, guys." Okay. <laughs> I, I, I he was no actually harm. chasing after them just because he wanted friends. <laughs> Let's get into some explanations, and we're going to start with a look at the TNT area. Like I said, it was a munitions factory during World War II with some top-secret things going on there. In the 1980s, it was discovered that there was some sort of leak from the factory and that it had poisoned the surrounding forest, which has since been turned into a nature preserve. Many have suggested that the Mothman is a mutated animal that was created from this contamination. Some point to the reports of the Mothman having feathers, saying that it's a mutated owl that's stomping around the forest. Others have gone as far as to say that the leak didn't create just one Mothman, but many, which explains the numerous sightings not just in West Virginia, but around the world. Next on the list is aliens. It seems like we come across this one a lot in the show, but many people believe that Mothman is actually an extraterrestrial. There are numerous theories about this, everything from Mothman is trapped here E.T. style to it is a being that can see through time and tries to warn humanity when something bad is going to happen. Evidence for the extraterrestrial theory overall comes from the fact that UFO sightings in Point Pleasant were popping off around the time Mothman was first sighted. In fact, before Mary Bennett saw the Mothman, her husband said that he saw strange lights in the sky off in the distance. Now, if you can believe this, we're actually going to go a little bit further than aliens. John Keel, author of The Mothman Prophecies, which really made Mothman famous, theorizes that Mothman is what is known as an ultra-terrestrial. In other words, a being from another dimension or plane of existence. Like the alien theory, this tries to explain Mothman's look, appearances, and believed powers to foretell when something bad is going to happen. I'll be honest, I don't have any evidence for this, but it is a theory that has picked up traction over the decades. Lastly, many believe Mothman is just a bird. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I don't mean it's a mutated bird, just a bird. To be specific... <laughs> A sandhill crane, which is known for getting to heights almost as tall as an average man with a wingspan around seven feet. But what makes this the main contender for the, an explanation is the red feathers around its eyes, which bird experts believe is what people are seeing at night. Whatever the explanation, people around the world have reported seeing Mothman for over 50 years. I mentioned John Keel before, who wrote the Mothman Prophecies, which helped popularize the cryptid, and in 2002 it was turned into a movie starring Richard Gere. 
Soon after that, Point Pleasant erected a chrome statue of Mothman on Main Street and holds a yearly Mothman festival. There's even a Mothman museum where you can see the original police report the couples filed back in 1966. Now's the big question. Do you believe it? Are you suspicious of it? Or do you disbelieve it? I'll, I'll put it out there. I, I believe some of it. <laughs> okay. Um, but less uh mutation less uh things like that but if Myth mothman was real i would say that he's probably something along the lines of the godzilla family like things that actually lived here before we did oh interesting that 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 kind of cryptid where th these are things that existed and something we did woke it up or we moved into its territory Ooh. kind of situation. And the thing that makes me believe that is it's whenever people get into a certain place, get, get into that TNT zone um, near Chernobyl, probably um, around those areas where these things were sighted. So that's where I sit is if it's anything, it's something that's territorial. And if it's a crane, a crane going across the U S is a little weird for migratory <laughs> patterns for me i don't know <laughs> but I, that that's where i stand is i want it to be real it's really cute i gotta go to i gotta go to point pleasant yeah. and try one of those <laughs> mothman cookies that i hear about and i gotta go yeah the, there there's a lot of stuff there there's t-shirts there's cookies there's a mothman pizza <laughs> Like. Oh, that was yes. full of olives, though, so I gotta I gotta take a step back from that. Can, one. We, can we go there at some point? Because uh, like I'd 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 rock a Mothman T-shirt and eat a pizza. Right. Okay, so what's yeah, really funny absolutely. is actually since uh, since me uh, doing the research for this, Instagram has been giving me these ads like "Get a Mothman hat," <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and you're like, shit, I might. <laughs> Airline tickets are very low to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so Tara, you're on the believe it side. Yes, on the I want to believe side. For sure. <laughs> okay, uh, Saint James, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna believe that one part about it being a bird because <laughs> it was probably <laughs> a bird. I, I was actually gonna bring this up though, real quick. I looked up the okay. Saint Hill Crane. It exists across North America and also in Siberia. Oh, that's which actually. is Russia. Oh, interesting. So. This bird has been spotted in all locations. <laughs> okay, okay. But I'd like to say that this bird is probably a time-traveling demon species that no one's ever <laughs> learned about yet. All they've seen is this crane. So they're seeing this crane and like, ah, oh, that's just a stupid bird. But no, he knew 9-11 was happening. He knew about Chernobyl. <laughs> oh my God. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused at where you're falling on here. <laughs> I'm falling into yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 we can put you down for a believe it. I uh, probably not. I'm gonna say it's a bird. <laughs> okay, okay. But so he believes that bird knows what happened in 9/11. Yeah. But I believe. <laughs> I, I will say further. what one more damning piece of evidence is that in that area, um, there it well specifically in Point Pleasant. I can't remember the exact type, but there is an owl there. That during the night, if you shine a light on it, its eyes light up bright fucking red. Oh. That's terrifying. Could have been an owl then, because it's flying. those owls don't get to be seven feet tall with ten foot wings, so. 
I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you bring the drugs back into it, it starts making sense again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christy, what about you? Especially since you hadn't heard this one before. No, I have not heard it, um, surprisingly. But you know what? I wasn't sold on it for like a while until you mentioned the Men in Black. Like, I think that's that's super suspicious. Like, there's obviously like people that know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think for something like that, like, to me, I guess I'm more on, like, the believe it if it's, like, mutation side. Like, maybe just some experiments went wrong and maybe they were, like, in all parts of the country. And, like, maybe there are mul- multiple mothmen or women, whatever, gender <laughs> neutral, whatever. Moth and people. I love it. The- <laughs> moth people. Moth, moth people. Yeah. yeah. You know, they could just be hanging around and, you know, they might have just been an experiment gone wrong. And now they're just out fending for themselves, trying to figure out what to do. And like these men in black have to keep people hush hush who meet them. So but also I'm going to send you guys a photo because as you were talking about the Sand Hill crane, I was like, I need to see what these look like. So I Google image search and I found this image and I was like, OK, maybe they could have seen. So I'm going to explain this image here. There's like clearly... Okay, sorry, I'm laughing because it's funny. There's a child. Oh, sorry. There is a... So there's like a kid on what appears to be a bicycle. Very young kid, like maybe like six or seven years old, just like on a bike trail. And this kid is startled because there is a sandhill crane right next to him with his wings spread, like about to like run up to him. And he's like, oh, no. And he's like getting off his bike and running away. Um, maybe we could put the photo yeah. on our Twitter or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll but... put this up on Twitter. This, Yeah, I, I think I would have a fear of birds if I was this child. Oh, I absolutely would. Like, I'm already scared of birds. Yeah, yeah. So if I saw this in person, I'd cry. But like, <laughs> you know, if that's what the adults saw and maybe they were on some sort of thing, like maybe they could have thought this was it. But I'm on the side of believe it. It's a mutation and the men in black are trying to cover it up. Yeah. Mm. yeah okay. It's, it's the okay. men in black. The men in black definitely <laughs> know something and I'd like to talk to them. But yeah, I'd love to speak. It's with been, them. <laughs> what, 50 years? Mm hmm. Uh, Alex, what about you? I'm gonna say this is just total myth and that it probably is a bird. Also, the Sandhill Crane has about a seven-foot wingspan, so, you know, it definitely could have been, like, that big of a thing, so I'm thinking that's a possibility. I do want to believe, though, that it is a weird mutant experiment and this is your friendly neighborhood Mothman theory. That's, like, he he was bitten by a radioactive moth and... (laughs) And now he just wants to go on vacation. He's just very misunderstood and keeps oh. getting blamed for things. That's the theory I want to believe. But the in actuality, I think it's probably just like a bird or some other animal that, yeah, is just scaring people and drugs were involved. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm on believe. I, I, I believe in Mothman. I think Mothman is freaking fascinating. I don't know what his, what its purpose is, what it wants, anything like that. Is it a harbinger? Eh, I don't know. Uh, but for me, there's been enough sightings and everything like that, uh, and the, the stories that I've read that I, 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 I believe it. I don't know what it is, but I, I believe that it is a thing that exists. I so. really want a t-shirt that says, I believe in Mothman, and it's just like a moth with like beautiful legs. <laughs> like, <on the> shirt. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like muscular. No one make that shirt. Life. That's our shirt. We're making it. Nobody make I'm that. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna All right, I'll get on it. Yeah, I'll start working on that <laughs> yes, too. I'm gonna make thank stickers. You. <laughs> I would wear it everywhere. <laughs> I I did want to add regarding the men in black. Um, could it be possible, like what I brought up during the ship story, is that there are so many stories about Mothmen that the FBI sent their, you know, their paranormal team over to investigate. And then they found nothing. I suppose, because, yeah, that was... The the Men in Black started popping up in 1967, which was a full year and, and a month after the first sighting started happening. So I guess... Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a thing, but yeah, because aren't there like rumors that like like America and Russia had and like Germany had these like paranormal type of teams that yes try to search things. So maybe they're like at the end of like their contract and like oh we're gonna have to go check something. Maybe maybe this Mothman exists, <laughs> and so they just got we real got, sketchy. <laughs> like we they got to file a report, otherwise we're gonna start losing all of our money. We're gonna lose our I mean, funding, but I like there's like. Out. Like the people that signed up for it with the FBI are like the like the real like antisocial types, and so like you got the guy like staring at the pen. <laughs> That's like, why they're so awkward. Oh, I need to get oh, out of here. Makes sense. And so he's trying to be undercover as a as a construction worker, but the lady is there, and he's like, "Oh God, she's noticed me." <laughs> gotta go. Well, gotta we'll get. definitely get more into into that sort of thing in a few episodes. Uh, but I I think for here I think we're at. Three believes and two disbelieves. No suspicious. We're 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 on opposite ends this time. So uh, I, I I like this. You either believe in Mothman or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and either way, you're going on the road trip with us. It's like we're on yes. the, the other sides of suspicion. Oh yes, indeed. Uh, well, Tara, thank you for joining us for this one. I hope you enjoyed the story and the conversations. Thank you for having me. And of course I did. Perfect. And, and you, you'll, you'll probably be back from time to time. Listeners will definitely hear you every episode. So there's, yeah. um, but, Yay. uh, speaking of you listeners, what did you think about tonight's story? Do you believe tonight's story? Tweet at us and let us know what you think happened at Side of suspicion. And if you have any suggestions for future stories, even your own, you can send them into other side of suspicion at gmail.com. We'll see you next week on the other side of suspicion.